TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest-growing TV brand. It's the Score North Twin Show. It's down the right field line. Cave closing near the grandstand. Leaps and makes a great catch. Oh, what a play by Jake Cave in foul territory. Score North Twin Show, line change. Rami out uh, until 3 o'clock when he will join Purple Daily. So Zolgad, Derek Wetmore, Matthew Collar in studio. Yes, taking his football knowledge and transferring it for one hour to baseball. I hope you're excited. Manny Hill, of course, producing. Um, can we can we seriously now, after back-to-back weeks of 17-inning baseball and 18, I'm willing to consider putting the guy on second base to start the 13th, okay? All right, so let me I ask you, though. Would you prefer the guy on second base or ties? I know ties would look really stupid for a little while in the standings. Yes. But we'd get used to them. I think after 13, just call it a tie. Like, no one's winning here today. It's a tie. But they never would hmm. do that? Like, like yeah. I see where you're going. Well, you say but that, but five years ago, we, we would have said they'd never put a runner on second base. And now they're kicking it around. But a tie's not exciting. Putting the runner on second base equals, in in Manfred's mind, excitement. And God forbid anyone suggest a home run derby. The shootout of baseball. Let's get a home run derby going. Hey, how about pop time? Catcher just jumps up from his squat and throws down to second base. Just just pick some random event each game. They they decide on it before the game. You'd like that. Oh, yeah. Analytics go with the uh, the data down uh, down to like the 35th decimal um no you know i started to think of this when i went to the 17 inning game and it got to the 10th and it had been three hours plus and i was like okay well uh you know i've got to walk the dog or whatever but um if there if they were going to put a guy on second by the 12th i might have stuck around now will that actually make people turn over to baseball games that are in the 12th because a guy's on second absolutely not in fact People would probably turn over to a game that's going into the fifteenth, sixteenth, seventeenth. Yep. You know, either way, just because they see that a baseball game is getting weird, and maybe a backup catcher will pitch. So you got to figure out what the what the goal is here, and not to dwell on this too much, because I mean, the Twins just played another very interesting game. They lost it, but they won two or three to the Rays. Shortly after playing a seventeen inning game in which they were victorious. You got to figure out do you want people clicking channels and watching the rest of that game like Matthew just alluded to or do you want the rosters to be protected and time of game to be sort of basically put a hard cap I on I think it? you hit on on what baseball is probably most concerned about in 2019 though it's protecting players. Like when you're rifling through your bullpens mm-hmm. when Kyle Gibson on his bullpen day is like I'll go in and pitch. Yeah. I know I know that for this to happen um, twice in two weeks is really odd, but I think it does come back to that. I think it comes back to protecting players and, and the guy who deserves a medal of some sort. Poor Mitch My Garver. Yep, Mitch, Mitch Garver. Garver. Mitch Garver. They started both those games. Mercifully, did take him out after what was it, sixteen yeah. innings? We were talking behind about the plate. It. They put Castro back there, and it was a little muggy yesterday. Also, just you know, the heat. Yeah, I didn't go for a walk Castro. yesterday because I was like, nah, it was a little hot. Uh, I, I mean, I, I don't think that I'm whatever serious. they do in extra innings moves the needle 
0.01% for fans. In fact, I think a lot of the stuff that we talk about for moving the needle with baseball isn't really going to do it, for the most part. That things have changed, and baseball should accept the way that things have changed. They should try to speed things up. But making the intentional walk so you don't have to throw the ball anymore, oh boy, that just brought the kids to the yard. <laughs> I just, <laughs> I just right. can't wait to I see I do like that these. change. <laughs> yeah. See, I hated it because one time I was covering a triple game, going with this. and a guy yes. overthrew the catcher. Yeah. What, what Twins pitcher did that? What Twins yes. pitcher three years back or so threw a wild pitch yeah. on an intentional yeah. walk, his and the name, Twins were so bad it was outstanding to watch? His name was Pat Light, and oh, I just, remember that because uh, it's a trivia question. Uh, but yeah. I think he's like you're getting at something that's really interesting here, which is baseball in recent years has been more amenable to change for the good of the game. And I'm... I would consider myself a purist. In fact, I might be the youngest purist in the United States of America following this grand old game of baseball. But my stance on that whole purity, if you want to call it that, is like, we shouldn't pretend like the game hasn't always changed. We just romanticize the fact that it doesn't change. We we talk about how it's been the same forever, but it hasn't been. There are dozens of changes I could list off the top of my head right now that have happened in Major League Baseball over the past few decades Without belaboring the point and actually giving you that list, I'll just say my general stance is the game's pretty good and we shouldn't go looking to change every minute detail because some blogger thinks it's boring. But there are some changes that we have to be open to at least thinking about. This is not one of them. I I won't put a runner on second base, but we have to at least, in my opinion, have the conversation with a lot of these. Changes. I bet you that I bet you that, that there is a runner on second base starting in approximately the thirteenth within five. I years. I know, and I hate it. I think you're right. I and think I they're going to go towards it. I just I want to know what the teams think of this. If the if you had all the teams vote, let's say the managers and general managers all put in a vote for all, all the teams. How many would say, yeah, after 13, let's put in? I think that almost all of them would say put a runner on second after 13 because they want to save their bullpens. And when you get into two of these games in a short period of time, now you're looking at really having to scramble. But you're also thinking about players' health, players' safety, pitchers having to be overworked over the following couple of weeks, and already we have the epidemic of people having to get Tommy John surgery, and if you're asking pitchers to carry even a bigger load and coming in like Kyle Gibson did, I mean, I don't cry any tears for Kyle Gibson, and I thought yesterday was kind of fun, but I think if you ask the players and the teams, they would say, yeah, let's go for it. And for me, I've never really liked that. I've thought weird baseball is fun baseball. Sure. And you could still end up going 18 even by putting a man on second base, depending on how you actually play it. So I've always kind of been like, "Ah, you know, it doesn't make any big difference to me if they have to play 18 every once in a while. What percentage of games go beyond 13 innings? Probably like I don't have it 20 a year, head. maybe. Yeah, and the Twins small. just... That's why this is so ha- odd. Yeah, yes. just happened to have that happen. So if they did it, we'd rarely see it, more likely than not. And if they don't do it, I don't think it's going to make that big of an impact anyway. I mean, I, I think that the Twins just flipped the wrong coins a couple of times over these last couple of weeks. And maybe... Maybe they should have bunted more in extra innings. Like oh, you, you start bunting He's in the 14. Really trying to trigger no, everyone's me. worn out. They can't focus. Well, you know what the problem, though, is? <laughs> they start throwing the ball away. As, as that game droned on <laughs> yesterday, that was not good baseball, too. No, no. That's no. the other thing. Like, if you have if you have an 18-inning playoff game that's epic and great and you're hanging on pitches, that's fantastic. 
But that game is that game dragged on, and you survivable. went through and you went through reliever after reliever, and saw the uh, plate appearances of the batters start to decline. That was not that much fun to watch. The other thing I wonder about too is if they do implement this rule of putting a guy on second base, say after the third thirteenth inning, do you put that in play for the postseason as well? Mm-mm. Yeah, I, mean, de- I would say definitely. It's shootouts in hockey. It's yeah, gone exactly. Yeah, because yeah, I don't because I don't want playing. Game Seven of the World Series being decided in the thirteenth <laughs> inning by. <laughs> but hey, I, let's just put a guy on. Byron Buxton standing out there steals right. third, steals home. But I don't over. need to see your full bullpen used on June twenty fourth. Right. Yeah. October fifteenth. Awesome. That's great. June twenty fourth. I can do with let's end this thing. Rocco Baldelli had an interesting thought about this earlier this week. I was sitting in his office for the pregame media scrum and he was asked about it. And he's always very careful, Rocco is, to not well, yeah, you, not you just end it right there. Yeah. Going, yeah. He's always yeah. very careful. <laughs> he's, he's always very careful. All right, we gotta go to break. <laughs> Score North Twin Show. There he's careful to not make it as if he's speaking for more than just himself. Like he he recognizes that now he represents an organization and he represents a club of 30 big league managers. Anytime he talks, yeah, he's just speaking his opinion, but he's also representing more than that. So he was careful to say this isn't the like a you know, thesis paper. This isn't a twins stance. This isn't what managers at large think, but my personal opinion is putting that runner on Second base yep. just completely screws with the, the the game, and you wouldn't consider Rocco Baldelli necessarily a traditionalist or or a purist. Certainly, he's not somebody that you could accuse of not being progressive or leaning forward into changes. And I think for him to say that that it just it screws with the run scoring too much. You just drive the chances of scoring that run way 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 up artificially changing the game. He did say that and, he would be against that. And what reliever gets that bad luck, right? You you've got to be the reliever that's out there. And oh yeah, you start with a man on second. Like, you get that, a half a run. Is that run or, earned or is that, that run not earned? That run, we it's could go we could go look at the tables if you wanted to get really geeky about it, but I won't for the purposes of this show that a runner, nobody on base and zero outs, you're expected to score you know what, you're half a runner right, or whatever. That, but that's great, right? Exactly. But we want to end this game. That is the goal. Runner on second, nobody out. I think that run, may, I'd have to go check, but I think it scores more often than not. Yeah. And so your point is right, Judd, but then, how, yeah, does, does t- Trevor May just have to take that run on his ledger because he gave up a bleeder through the well, middle? No, let's just create a special category for that type of loss. More I mean, stats. So, more seriously, stats. Seriously, it's uh, fine. Um. So I guess I have to, the fact that I have turned against the shootout, I enjoyed the shootout at first. You and a lot of people. Yep, because I'm that person. It was (laughs) new, and shootouts and breakaways are fun to watch, and the creativity of the guys was on display. And after maybe about a year and a half, two years, I got tired of watching it. But even more so, what I hated was that, Teams that were bad yes. would sometimes be good at the shootout and make the playoffs because they were randomly good at the shootout. And then you would have like Sidney Crosby is not great in the shootout. 
Sidney Crosby is a top three player in the history of that sport. And, and the same thing for this. It's already kind of random whether you win walk-offs and whether you win extra inning games, but you're making it even more random. And what I don't want is our team had three 13-inning games that we lost because we put a guy out on second base, and that's how we missed the playoffs. I'd rather have a tired bullpen than that. Well, this gets to something really interesting in baseball, that in hockey, what started to bother me after a while, well, first of all, as long as Pavel Datsuk was in it, I was going to watch it, but probably just the shootout. The playing for the tie drove me crazy. You could totally see it when a team just goes into a shell. It's like, hey, they're better than us. But if we could just hang on for dear life and get to that shootout, that drove me nuts. And Yeah, you won't have that with this. Well, uh, but a little bit you would. Yesterday, I think that the Twins, and I was watching from innings 10 all the way through 18, that they were basically, now they have a team designed to do this, so maybe I'm reading too much into something that's not there. But I saw guys going up there. C.J. Crone went up there with a mind to end the game. Not, hey, typical um, approach at the plate is like a let's get a pitch to hit. Let's do damage. Let's drive this thing. I'll be standing on second. Nelly Cruz will drive me home. I think just about every twin went up there yesterday saying, all right, this one's over. I'm I'm ending it myself with the solo shot to center field. I wonder if the approaches would change, but that's a criticism I wanted to levy on the Twins from yesterday of like, hey, it's okay to just keep smoking baseballs and killing line drives Get everywhere. A guys on base you're gonna you're to gonna push runs. one across. You've got the lineup that's deep enough to do it. I saw too many guys trying for that solo shot but, to end it. You know what? A novel concept. Hit a double once in a while. I don't blame them though. Here's I miss doubles anyway. <laughs> here's why. I don't blame them one bit because a week ago you play 17 against Boston. By the time we got to about the twelfth on Thursday, if I'm if I'm playing for the Twins against the Rays, oh, yeah. I'm going up there, uppercutting big time too. Yep, I get it. It makes sense. Why? It's just if you're going to if you're going to run into that situation in October, I want you to approach it differently. If you're the Twins, I really because who cares if you sweep or win two or three of the Rays in June at home? Mm-hmm. I mean, I care a little bit because I watch series and that's great, but like. Doesn't ultimately you've won, you've won the series. Yeah, it ultimately doesn't change your October first fate. But if that's game three, and you're going up there in the extra innings against a great bullpen, and just saying, "All right, boys, let her rip," that could be problematic to me. But when, when your philosophy, if you were playing in October, your philosophical outlook on that would probably change greatly. Well, I, mean, I think I don't think I think when you've played back to back weeks of of massive extra inning baseball games, your plane is your on the up. runway awaiting your departure, <laughs> yes. and you got to keep yes. calling Humphrey Terminal or your your you know terminal and saying hold the plane again. We're going to the seventeenth. Yeah. If Gibson's I'm pitching. if I'm CJ Crone, <laughs> I'm uppercutting that ball as much sure. as I possibly can, and I don't think that you come back then. In, in Yankee Stadium in October with the same outlook on things sure. if you go, let's say, 15 innings in that Well, case. and then you'll have Buxton back, and you'll have Rosario back, and you'll have Marwin Gonzalez back, if all goes according to plan. So ah, it, it might just be a little different. That was a good tease to what we're going Thank to get you. to next, because Marwin Gonzalez coming back is going to change things greatly. The Twins have a very easy decision to make. The question is, will they make it? Score North Twin Show back after this. Minnesota Sports. This is home. Score North. Minnesota sports anytime, anywhere. Scorenorth.com. Because the things.
My baseball friends, Mackie here for Federated Mutual Insurance Company. Business owners, I'm talking to you, and I've been one myself. I know what goes into it. You love it, but you're grinding every day, solving problems, taking care of employees. It helps tremendously to have an insurance company that gives you peace of mind as you navigate the challenges of running a business. When you partner with Federated, you get more than just a policy. You benefit from over a century of experience in making businesses as successful as they can be. Visit federatedinsurance.com to find your local representative. Federated Insurance, it's our business to protect your Twin Show, also available on demand on the Score North mobile app, Spotify, Apple, or wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Join Jonathan Harrison and Dan Terhar tomorrow afternoon for their coverage of Minnesota United and FC Cincinnati from Allianz Field. Pre-game at 2.30 p.m. right here on Score North and on AM 1500, scorenorth.com, and the Score North mobile app. Gentlemen, Thank you, Manny Hill. Score North Twin Show Hour 2, Zolgad, Wetmore, and Matthew Collar. And, uh, gents, I wrote about this for uh, scorenorth.com last week and stated my case here. And aside from a home run or two in Kansas City, it's gotten worse. But, Matthew Collar, start us off with with what I consider, by the way, not to be funny, it's sad to me. Miguel Sano at third base is, this is... As difficult to watch in sport. When guys fail like this, it's hard to watch. It's like a bad actor. It's hard to. So take us through just how absolute Miguel Sano's failure is right now. So I used fangraphs.com to look up his last 162 games because that, if you're still riding on uh, hopefully Miguel Sano gets better, hopefully he gets better, maybe they'll figure it out, hopefully this, 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 um, maybe part of your argument was small sample size from last year, and uh, he had some injuries last year, and maybe it was just a tough break, kind of like with Buxton. Last year, Buxton's numbers are terrible, but it's a small sample, and it's injury-induced in part. So I went back 162, because my thing on Miguel Sano was he hasn't been good for quite some time now. And his last 162 games, he is hitting 211 with a 289 base uh, on base percentage and 426 slugging, good for a 715 um, OPS, which is below the league average. He does have 35 home runs in that time, but also has struck out 260 times. The record for a single season is 223. So uh, over his last 162, he's struck out way above what the MLB record is by Mark Reynolds. And when you look at Mark Reynolds's career, it looks exactly like Miguel Sano's. Aside from the 2015 season, which now appears to be an outlier before the league figured him out, you see with Mark Reynolds, there are some seasons where he hits like 220 or 230, plays the whole year with his team, hits 30 bombs, and they're mildly happy with him. But there are other seasons where the guy hits 180 or 190, and he ends up getting waived halfway through the season. Because that's what happens when you strike out 40% of the time. You have these wild ups and downs, and what we've seen this year is a microcosm of Miguel Sano, where he starts out, and there's some home runs, and he's hot, he's looking pretty decent, and then he hits one of the slumps, and it is so much of a slump that he's bringing you down on a daily basis with 0 for 5 with three strikeouts almost every single game now. And he's, over the last month, he's struck out about 50% of the time that he's going up there. And my thing from a, a visual perspective on Miguel Sano, not just on what the numbers say about him, is that pitchers are now attacking him the same way every at-bat. Right-handed pitchers are throwing him inside and low, 
almost every single A-B and then breaking stuff low and away that they'll throw off the plate, seeing if he'll check swing, which he often does, and goes too far. And I think that what you have here, even from 2017, early 2017, is a further growth in the study of hitters and pitchers and how pitches work. And the batters have had to stay ahead of the pitchers with their study and with their analysis and getting into understanding how they're being attacked and adjusting. We've seen no adjustment from him whatsoever. And a lot of those home runs that he hit earlier in the year, they came against like Seattle, the Angels, teams with no pitching. And uh, we've gotten to the point where Adrianza is probably a better choice. Marwin Gonzalez is absolutely a better choice. And Arias is probably a better choice because the guy hits everything. He can play multiple positions. So you're benching him? Uh, I, I mean, right now he looks to me, and you're talking to a person who grew up on AAA. I mean, yeah. I am the AAA guy. Yep. He looks like a AAA I, hitter. I mean, I, he's one of those guys. He's like a, a Val Pascucci, if you guys have any recollection Val of Val Pascucci. Pascucci. No, no, but that's a great name. <laughs> I was, a week ago I said, you got you to gotta try and fix him, but... I don't see the the advantage to sending him to AAA and having him um, mash pitching down there because if it's going to happen for him, it's got to happen up here. But I think it's now become unfair to everyone involved for him not to be sent down, Derek. I really do. Because if you... This lineup is good. And the majority of the guys that you put out there on a daily basis, they might be they might have some flaws, but they give you professional big league at-bats. And right now, and, and the fact that they dropped him to ninth on... Thursday is indicative of things, but right now Miguel Sano does not give you professional at bats, and he's going to hit some home runs because he's going to get, he's going to make contact with the ball occasionally. But if I'm the Twins, I don't care about that. You've got to find a way to give him a chance, and the only way I see now, a week after saying I didn't think that this was a good idea, is to give him a chance by sending him down and not burdening the rest of this lineup with his presence. Well, that's kind of what I was thinking about is everybody else. More than whether you send him down or not, it's such a good lineup that almost anything that happens here doesn't matter because everyone is just so good top to bottom, and they've had no problems continuing to win games even when he's been there striking out like crazy and other guys have been hurt. They're so deep and so good. But if I'm in that clubhouse and we've got Williams Astadio, who's playing right field for us one day when, come on, or you know, or left field or second base or wherever you ask him, you know, like, this guy shouldn't be an outfielder. What are you doing? But, but he goes out there with a big smile on his face. He does everything you asked him to do. He shows up. He puts the ball in play. He makes contact. He gives you a chance to get a single every time he's up at the plate. If you keep him here and send Sano down, I think a lot of players in the clubhouse would say, yeah, well, that's right. You got to earn it. You got to hit. You can't hit 195. If you hit 195, you go down. But if you send Astadio back when people come up and you leave Sano, then I'm saying, okay, I guess this guy's just untouchable. I guess there's one player in this clubhouse who can do whatever he wants. And, and the other thing, too, is that the third base has been just as abysmal as always. So that's another point, too. Like, he's bringing no value in the field that would add into this. So if I'm in that clubhouse, that's how I would feel if you sent someone like Estadio down and kept him up. Made a clutch play yesterday at third base. That didn't count for anything? I mean, he's a horrific third baseman. There's no question about it, right? I don't I mean, think so. 
okay, I just think that's absurd. I mean, but you don't keep him like, up because of that. But, no, but, but right. he's, uh, obviously not. But I mean, we're not even talking. Let's not even close, worry about the field. But we're let's, not even talking close to right, average at third base. Let's not. Let's not be concerned about that because this is all about a guy at the plate that consistently is giving you below average at bats. Here's a reason why in you a keep lineup him up. that's good. Here's a reason why you keep him up in the big leagues for. You can't just take it forever. You can't say, hey, you hit a buck 50 and strike out 69% of the time, and I'm still going to have you in the lineup. Obviously. But who do you trust to fix Miguel Sano if indeed he can be fixed? Because the one thing you can say amid all of this yep. talk about how dreadful it's been for him uh, yep. to this point in his career is, yes, but Luis Arise doesn't have the upside Miguel Sano has. Very few hitters do in the Twins lineup, and it's a great lineup. The one thing... That's keeping him in the big leagues from my perspective is I want him working with James Rousen and Rudy Hernandez every single day. My idea is to package him and and Rudy for a week in AAA with him because I can't do this to this team. It's just not fair. If this team was bad, then you know what? Okay, it's frustrating, but just bleep it. But this team's really good, and they are saddled now with, with a guy who consistently and and the other question I've got too Derek off your point is how long can we continue to say upside here before we just understand that oh, right. it's not going to happen right that's not a forever but but, thing but we're way into it I mean, we're talking about we're a 26 year old here. here i mean yeah. this is not 22 and here's my thing about your point on having him work with this guy or that guy or fixing him or whatever else this team is 52 and 28. The New York Yankees are 52 and 28. The Houston Astros are 50 and 32. Mm-hmm. Everyone should be concerned about winning the World Series, about putting the best players on the field and the best players on the roster every single day to win every single game. This is no longer the show where we bring people in and say, well, maybe if we just give them this, that, or the other thing, or let's let them play through it. We're not there anymore. And thank goodness that place is obnoxious to be in. And you've been in it for a really long time of, hey, you know, that Tyler Austin looks pretty decent at the end of the season. Maybe he can give us something. That that place. Hey, let's just let this clown from AAA who's a bust pitch a few games to see if there's anything there. You don't have to worry about that anymore because you're trying to win games. And if you were right now the Chicago White Sox 37 and 41, I would totally agree. I would say... Just play the guy. Just keep playing him yeah. and see what happens because you can't trade him now anyway. Last year. Exactly. Last if year. He played, he played. Just keep playing him. Do whatever you can. Now, this franchise is not about Miguel Sano anymore. Right. And, no, and, and at some point, you have to just say, sunk cost. This is who it's going to be. And it, this guy is Willie Mo Pena or Mark Reynolds. And that's just the reality of the situation. And if he's going to hit sometimes, I'd say, well, keep him up and mix him into the lineup like they do a lot of different guys. In fact, I like that they don't play everybody every single day and wear guys down. I love the roster flexibility for matchups. And I still think left-handers, that Sano can crush left-handers even when he's going bad because of the path of the ball and his swing. So I would say, yeah, okay, keep him up. But my perspective is not coming just from the numbers and how much he struggled, but it's from if you're in that clubhouse and they're sending guys down who have been good, how do you justify it to them? And I think this is a great clubhouse right now. I wouldn't want to do anything that would be upsetting guys on the team. And the, the thing here, too, is is you've got guys like uh, Cruz and guys like Scope, and and those guys talk to everybody, right? So if I if I'm a player on the market in December, let's say, and I'm talking to those guys, one of my questions is, what's the deal with a guy like Miguel? Is he just get, get as Collar said, get a free pass here or what? 
and, and there becomes a, a league-wide credibility issues too strong, but there becomes a league-wide perception of your team. And if this guy just keeps getting chance after chance after chance, and these at-bats, boys, watching this right now, it's not like, well, he's just missing, or there's just a little correction yeah. here. It's a it's a gong show. It's a disaster. It's hard to watch. It's, it is, and this is the most potentially condescending thing I can say. I feel bad for him. Like it's not a it's not a oh if he just fix it. I have I don't think anybody knows what's wrong or how to fix it. If they do know what's wrong, you don't know how to fix that. And so that's why I've just come to the idea that if you want to send him down with a big league coach, that's fine, but you've got to do something here to send a message to everybody in, in that clubhouse that we're not going to simply tolerate one guy. Well, and, and if you think about the way that he's playing, if you bring back Adrianza, who is great before he got hurt, and Gonzalez, who to me has to be in the lineup almost every single day, especially because of his flexibility, but he's a good hitter too, Are is Miguel Sano getting any at-bats? With the way that he's hitting? I mean, are you putting him even in the lineup? If this is a game right now, and I look at these as you're trying to win every single one of them because your playoff position matters as you go down the stretch with these other teams, New York and Houston, if you're talking about these games being ones you're really trying to win, is he in your lineup today? The answer is absolutely not if your team is is healthy. So is he getting better? Is he doing any good for you coming off the bench? I mean, maybe if you're down a couple runs and you think that he might be able to hit you a home run or something off the bench. Yeah. But but with, with an Adrianza, where you could put him in anywhere, and he's a decent enough hitter, he's a good runner, and he's great in the field, it, it, the, and a rise, too. When you talk about that guy playing in the outfield and making a big play for them in extra innings when he's not even an outfielder, you have all this flexibility with these guys. Sano can't even play third base. I mean, he's just, they're just trying to hide him over there. So you, so you can't bring him off the bench as a bench player. Maybe in the NL, you'd have him pinch hit all the time. But that's another part of it to me, too, is if you're trying to run out the best group that's going to help you win, right now he's just not on it. I think the, one of the most disappointing things that I see in Miguel Sano right now is when this team signed Nelson Cruz in the offseason, my thought was that, okay, 38-year-old guy who's been in the big leagues for a long time and has been a professional hitter for a long time and has been a professional hitter in high-leverage situations, league championship series, World Series, things like that. He's been in the big leagues for a long time. Yeah, This is a guy that if Miguel just watches and this guy... And their lockers guy, are, are together because of that. And their lockers are together. That's correct. That this might unlock something in Miguel Sano. And we're... 80, almost 80 games into, or we are 80 games into this, and it's just the same Miguel Sano that we have seen for the last couple of years. It's just, more than anything for me, it's really, really, you know really what this, disappointing. The the tale of this entire story, and this is true about three people in this town, is always trust your gut. Andrew Wiggins, Laquan Treadwell, Miguel so no. And because what did we say about Buxton? When Buxton struggled and looked terrible, we always said we can tell he wants to be good. He doesn't know how to be good. And this is tough. And that was tough to watch, but it was never, uh, I don't know if he cares. It was a conversation about can he get there? Wiggins, Treadwell, and Sanoa have. And they're a little bit different in some ways, but they each have fatal flaws that your gut told you that they had, and they're biting them, each one of them, in the ass right now. And and to think that you can change those, because those flaws start upstairs, not physically. And to think that you can change that 
is ordinarily the biggest mistake that a team can make. And that's when we talk about the upside. This is an intelligent man's game now. I mean, this is just what baseball has become. I remember, who's the guy from Colorado? Charlie Blackman? Yeah. Is that his name? Mm-hmm. So I remember watching an interview with him, and he was talking about how one offseason he went in and studied all the ways that he had been attacked by pitchers the year before. And he changed things about his game because of that. And you think about the intellectual level is almost being pushed up to like football, where if you are not really smart about football, you just simply cannot play in the NFL because you'll never understand the playbook. You'll you'll never understand all the things that have to happen at the line of scrimmage in order to run an NFL play. And the same thing is happening here. When I can sit there and watch my TV and know exactly how every right-handed pitcher is going to attack Miguel Sano, and he swings over it each time when it's down and in with a fastball, yep. it's like, well, this, this guy clearly is not taking the information that is available to him, and I'm certain they're giving it to him, and applying it to what's going on on the field, which may be why in 2015, in part, that he could be so successful with his raw talent and power because, A, they didn't know his strengths and weaknesses then, and, B, they didn't have the data to flip on a switch because it looks to me like these teams flipped the switch that they even started this season. We're pitching him outside a lot, a couple of home runs. They're okay, trying to get that's, the check swing. that's where all of his power is. Yep. We're going to go with those inside fastballs, and, and boom, he's striking out every single time. And that's where I think you bring up the ceiling well, the same thing with Wiggins. The ceiling is Michael Jordan, but is he Michael Jordan? Like, no, because he's just never going to be that guy. But all th- all three of the guys that I brought up in this town do have one common flaw. They all love to work on what they're good at. They all love to... Miguel loves batting practice because he can hit home runs, and they look majestic, but what is he doing? He is, He's made no adjustments that compensate for the fact that when guys attack him and they're big league pitchers... He doesn't adjust to it because I don't think he works on it. Well, Laquan no. Treadwell does the same thing. He loves to catch balls. D- does he work on his routes, Matthew? I don't think he does that much. Wiggins loves to work on his game, what he's good at. The guys who desire to become great work on what they're bad at constantly. Yeah, and I think we're putting too much on this right now. I think he's just lost, and I think it's okay to say that. It's okay to say that he's lost at the plate, that power stroke isn't what it's been, but I don't think we can say that he's not even giving it a go. I think he's just lost right now. I mean, he's been lost for a long time. The contact is not what you would expect. And even in 2015, when he came up and looked like, you know, junior Miguel Cabrera plus some strikeouts, it was an immediate adjustment that the league made. It's all breaking balls. Miguel Sano, I think in 2015, I'll have to look this up, but I, I think if I'm not mistaken, he had one of the lowest rates of fastballs in the entire league as a rookie. People basically saw right away, holy cow, this guy's going to tag a fastball to right center, and it's going to go a country mile. And this year, to your point, Matthew, it's a lot of secondary stuff. It's a lot of breaking balls. But he's not, when he, when he swings and fouls off an 88-mile-an-hour slider in the middle of the strike zone, and then he gets the same pitch next time, and he swings and misses it, that's not because he's stubborn or because he's like, well, I'll just swing for a fastball and hope it happens. That, to me, is more of an indication that, He's lost, and he's trying to find it. I think the best path to finding it is working with James Rousen, Rudy Hernandez, in the Twins system that they have at Target Field. And not, I, and not playing him, though? Like, what, what's the... Well, if everybody's healthy, do, if everybody's healthy he's not going to start every single game. Yeah. That's a given. That's a... You, you just but like, what's the sweet spot, then? He starts twice a week, yeah, ideally? Give him, yeah, if Marwin Gonzalez is healthy, and Luis Arise is here, or Will and Zastadio, or whatever the case is, right now, the Twins are not healthy. 
So we can't right. pretend like this is apples to apples. He has to play, and all of his teammates know he's fighting it too. This is not some secret that he's getting special kid gloves treatment because he's former top prospect. It's... We need a third baseman, and you're the best third baseman we have right now. The other option here, though, would be to, because guys get healthy at different times, someone else will get dinged up. They'll go on the injured list. That's kind of how it works. You're always kind of bringing in somebody that you didn't expect to have playing. And with the flexibility, they can have him at third base and put somebody else in the outfield and be fine. The other option here is to say... Our lineup is so good, we're still the best hitting team in baseball, even with his struggles, and we're just going to run him out there and run him out there and run him out there, and we don't care if he strikes out 250 times, but we're really going to find out. I mean, I think you're already at the point when someone reaches 26, and it's been a very long time since they've shown promise to being a star player, that I shrug my shoulders, when, especially when you know that he isn't the dedicated, like, I have to be great type of guy that Byron Buxton is, but that is the other way to go about it, would be to just be stubborn, and if you really think that he's going to fall off the map again, or he's never going to be good, hope that he gets hot for a little while again, and then try to trade him. I wouldn't be surprised if that's their approach. That wouldn't necessarily be mine, because I think that getting the best record in the American League is really important, trying to win the World Series, and you can't be sacrificing several at-bat to strikeouts every single game. But at the same time, there is a case to just see if he eventually works his way out of it because he does have a tendency through his career to do it for just long enough spurts to convince people to keep him around or that he's going to be the the star player that everyone thought he was going to be. All right, let's take a break. It is the uh, Score North Twin Show on the all-new Score North on 1500. I beat Twin Show. Bomba. On Score North and scorenorth.com. Also available on demand on the Score North mobile app, Spotify, Apple, or wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Let freedom run this Independence Day at the Red, White, and Boom TC Half Marathon Relay and 5K in Minneapolis on July 4th. Enjoy hot dogs, all American pops, and a free summit beer. For sign up information, please visit scorenorth.com keyword boom. To right center field, down for a hit. Cruz is being waved around. Heredia's throw to the plate gets by Zanino. And Arise gets an RBI single. He'll take second on the overthrow. Score North Twin Show, Zolgad, Wetmore, Collar, Manny Hill producing a Purple Daily with the Collar. And Myron, correct, is up next? That is correct. Am I yes. correct on that? Yes. All right. Myron and I are going to discuss on the show yes. how... Miguel Sano and the, why uh, he shouldn't play in the NFL. No, no, we've got it. Uh, Pineda at left, left tackle, Sano at left guard. I have fixed the Vikings offensive line. In, in all seriousness, <laughs> Miguel Sano running is really impressive. He is He's an amazing so athlete. fast mm-hmm. for a huge guy. I'm like, zone scheme. I'm just saying. Christian Okoye did not play football until he was late in college. And Christian Okoye became a great running back for Kansas City. Yep. So Sano could quit now <laughs> and become a left guard. Uh, we're going to talk about how the NFL can make its offseason like the NBA. Because the NBA is super exciting. It comes, it comes fairly close. The NBA. The NFL does a good job. Uh, the sport that we're discussing right now. <laughs> I don't know if you no, guys heard in the first hour, and I don't know what you want to get to here, but just quickly that Major League Baseball is announcing its all-star reserves. Why don't you go ahead and guess the time? I'll tell you. Sunday afternoon, what is it, a half hour after NBA free agency goes live? 5.30 on <laughs> okay, Sunday. That's one of those ones where, where first close, guess. close circuit Rob Manfred, don't try and compete with that. 
You got no shot. Like, come on. You got no shot, Just Rob. be smart. You know what baseball should do? They should call us. Before they, they do a thing. Rami openly petitioned for the job. All four. Well, but I'm just saying this Rami is one wants of, to just, be commissioned. Just call the four of us and, and <laughs> we could be like, yeah, that's a great idea. You know, that idea sucks. Give me the last time you cared about the All-Star Reserves. Like, what year was it? Uh, Well, I've been covering the Twins for... As a child? Uh, in all seriousness, circa 1985-ish, probably, as a teenager, I might have cared. 2018 long, for me. But, but you know what? I am delighted that the starters are done. Because now I don't have to go to Target Field and be inundated with with one of the PA guys constantly <laughs> saying, pull out your phone and vote for our All-Stars. Pull out your phone and vote for the four guys who are finalists. Hey, and then they show yesterday during that, that godforsaken rain delay. <laughs> honest to God, you guys, during the rain delay, they're panning the stands for some poor schleps who are sitting in the rain. And they're like, sir, you're on your phone. Get off your phone and vote for our All-Star. It's like, come on. So I am delighted that the all-star starters have been elected so I don't have to be inundated with this false... And by the way, this isn't an all-star. These aren't all-star starters. These are popularity contests. Get your phone out and your app out and vote a thousand times. Any, I'm are, are, delighted are you suggesting that the team um, is asking its fans to be biased voters? And you know what? On Jorge Polanco, if, they had, <laughs> if, if, the, if the message had been, vote Polanco, I'd have been like... Uh, that's absolutely awesome. That's great because you know what he, he deserved it. it. He deserved it. But when you're just like willy nilly, vote, for, vote for Nelson Cruz as the DA. Give me a break. Uh, this sounds like, but well, not to paint you in a box or anything like that because I know you're very nuanced and multi level, Judd. But this sounds like a take in which you're offended that the youth spend too much time on their phones. Don't care about that one bit. No, and they were showing old people with their phones. Oh, okay. No, the youth of America, go get, get on your phone. Get on your phone. Could cause cancer. I don't know. But get on your phone. <laughs> knock yourself out. <laughs> knock yourself out. No, this was, uh, it's just, it's, it's just, it's constant. It was constant. It's a rain delay at a baseball game. Play the, play the music. That's all I wanted. Well, and Jorge got in despite the fact that it is a popularity contest. And, and despite the fact Congratulations. that Carlos Correa established star, World Series cred, and, uh, I'm blanking on the shortstop from New York. Why am I? Labor Torres. Is Torres the other shortstop on the ballot? Thank you. And to have him go up against those two guys in the final three, and by the way, Frankie Lindor not be among the final three, pretty good shortstop. To have Polanco come out on top is still pretty impressive to me. Yeah. Um, I'm happy for him. It was, yeah, it's very transparent what they're trying to do. They partnered with Google and are trying to get as many hits as possible on that page. So I. It's just that's what that's the way of the world right now. I'm not offended by it, but the reserves it would matter to me. I I would be really glued in on that. I want to see if Jake Odorizzi's going to the All Star game. That matters. I, I but guess NBA I was free agency it, is just going to blow it out of the water. I, I was getting it as sort of a different point that you know All Star games when you become a grown up are like oh okay well hopefully that guy's got a bonus in his contract. So yeah, I, I, I kind of like him. Get a little more cash and uh, the it, when the baseball All Star game is on. There's a possibility it's going to be on my TV. I'm not going to actively avoid it, but I'm not going to go searching it out. I might forget what day it is. The home run derby <laughs> is always fun. <laughs> but do you really enjoy that? But as a what's that home run derby? Home run derby. Uh, first round. I'll okay. watch the first right. round of the home run derby every time. After that, I don't care. But okay. Um, I don't. I don't want to stick around all night to see who wins. But the first round is pretty fun. 
but but when I was a kid, it was great with the All Star Game because I didn't get to see a lot of those yeah. players all the time. With oh, Ken Griffey it. Jr., it was your look at Randy Johnson and Ken Griffey Jr. Now you can see these guys whenever you want, for the most part, using the interwebs. But there's also part of it of as we get closer to the All Star Game, there's always the what can they do to fix the All Star Game? How are they going to fix the All Star Game? What should they add to fix the All Star Game? Should they have uh, animals on the field to fix the All Star Game? Right, like. I get. I just let, let just let kids enjoy the All Star Game. It's just my point that it, it gets to be tiresome when you're a grown up and you don't care about it. But I don't need anything changed about so, it, and I'll, I don't even need to know who the reserves are. Okay. <laughs> it just surprised me. I'll go a step further. So we're getting out of town uh, the week of the All Star break, and I'm going to make sure. So we're doing like hiking and camping, that kind of stuff, in the middle of the week, but in the early part of the week. Including Tuesday, we're going to be in a big city, and I'm going to make sure to be at a bar and watch the whole All Star game. The whole thing, the whole game. Well, I, can't, I hope I can't, you don't have plenty of time on your hands. Don't that hold night me at the to bar. that. If, uh, and you're going to have a huge tab, by the way. Oh yeah, <laughs> the All Star game. That's going to run. If you're in a big city at a bar watching the entire All Star game, here's my guess on your tab: one ten. <laughs> I don't know if they have Goldens on the West it's Coast. One ten. <laughs> Hopefully, they've got two for one somewhere. But I. <sighs> I still like the MLB All Star Game, but if 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 Jorge Polanco's out of the game and Jake Odorizzi's pitched or whatever, and then it's like the seventh inning is just dragging on, like no, I don't have to finish that game. But to your point on like this is the moment you get to see Randy Johnson, I still think that because I don't. I mean, the Angels have three amazing players and an aging legend, and I never watched their games. So to get to see Mike Trout play on the stage where he's sort yeah, of I'm fine with that too. the center of stars of stars, it's like that's still fun it's, for me. It's the only All Star game that's even close to worth watching too. Yeah, no, totally like there's no other All. Every other sport should dump it. I do wonder though, with the changing landscape of how people consume baseball, that uh, go to anybody on the street right now in the Twin Cities and they're excited about the Twins being in first place even people who aren't like hardcore baseball fans yeah for sure and I think that even the youths enjoy when their team is in first place and they love going to that ballpark and they consume the Twins as oh, a product the same way consume as, all right yeah right but the same way as all the other sports but when it comes to the other teams yep. this is where I think there's a big difference because I cared about Roger Clemens when he's playing for the Red Sox, and I care about Randy Johnson, and I care about Greg Maddox, and I cared about all the other team's star players. Even now, as I am do, like doing this, I don't care about most of the other team's players. It's like, I used to know all the closers in the league. I Do they even have closers anymore on other yeah. teams? I don't know. I mean, it's just it's really changed the way people consume it, and maybe that's why they still have the stupid rule of everybody gets a player, like uh, everybody gets a player yeah, in the I All-Star hate, game. I, I hate that I rule. still like but, that rule. But it's, I hate it. it's changed even the All-Star game for the, I, the way should not that have an All-Star. people... I totally agree. But it's <laughs> I think it's changed even the way that people consume the All-Star game sure. because it used to be that you were... Like well, looking to see all the players that you didn't usually get a chance to see, and now people care about their region's team. In my youth, and this is going to sound bizarre, but it was absolutely true. The American League and National League hated each other. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Go back and watch Pete Rose barrel into Port Ray Fossey in uh, the game in Cincinnati. Like there was an animosity between those two sides, which made it fun, a lot of fun. And now you know 
The guys Met, come and go. The Mets play the Red Sox in yeah. June, and the Yankees play the Padres in well, and May. Well, also, you get through and, your service time and go play in the National exactly, League. That's fine. Exactly. And so so the what made the All-Star Game so much fun was the fact that there was pride there, and now it's just a fun event. Is, is part of this... Which I'm not even criticizing. It's just yeah, the I truth. like the All-Star Game, it, you guys. Is, is part of it because of Fox Sports Norths of the world where we could see every single game? Because Absolutely. when I was growing up, you couldn't see every single game. That's changed so it for me. You you could listen to your team I used on the to radio. watch, like, so we'd have a TV time limit, and I would save up my TV throughout the week <laughs> to watch you know, this week in baseball and then the Fox Saturday game of the week. You know, yeah. parents and TV time limits... Come on. I'm not here to criticize my parents' uh, raising. You've got a chance right now. You could rake <laughs> them over. The, you could rake them over the coals for that. <laughs> hi, Mom. Hi, Dad. But I think that there is this, like, access that you're getting at, Matthew, that it's it's just so much more now. It, mm-hmm. it used to be finite. And so, yeah, of course, you were watching the All-Star game because when else was I going to get to see Mike Trout unless he happened to be playing in the game of the week? And, I mean, I, I I'm young, relatively speaking, and that still used to be my existence, and now I've—it's really changed. I'm trying I to think, think like think it has. how many Twins games I watch a year, but it's got to be like 140 but plus. If if the Yankees and Sox are on Fox, you don't care. And, and yeah, I won't watch that game when I was it's a, a kid. Matchup. And when I was a kid, I cared deeply. Same yeah, here. that's right. That's Saturday right. afternoon. Now I'd stop everything to watch that game. And I'll now go. I don't care. Well, the Twins are great, so now I'm just—it's always always Twins. But it, in the past, it might be like. Ah, uh, I don't know about this Twins Royals game in early June, but Chris Sale is squaring off with you know Justin Verlander. Sure. I, okay, well then I guess I'm watching Red Sox Astros. I'm I'm in. It's pitching matchups for me, but to your point too, that's something I can do just about every day if I wanted to. I can go find a fun pitching matchup in a different baseball game that I'm going to watch and just dial up the MLB. Package and I'm there. There I am. So it's not exclusive anymore. But I still like the All Star Game. For me, it goes back with All Star Game. It goes back to just base. There's a lot of really good players around baseball, but there's just not enough star power for me right now. Like watching All Star Games as a kid, and maybe it's because I was a kid at the time. In the '90s, was like heaven for me. Like the I remember the All Star Game in '94 in Pittsburgh where. You know, Moises Alou gets the base hit, the the walk off base hit, and Tony Gwynn, or it might have been the other way around, comes around to score the the winning run, and the National League just goes, the guys in the National League they go crazy, like, and you recognize like sure. all of they those care, names, yeah. yeah, and I mean it's just, you know, Bonds and Griffey and Piazza and you know just even guys like Ken Caminiti, rest in peace, you know, with the Padres, like. There were so many names that I remember, and it's it's different now. Now but, it's just it's Mike Trout, and it's everybody yeah, else. Yeah, but I think that's because of what you do for a living now, Manny. I think that sure. when you were a kid, those were superheroes, and now they're just subjects. Yeah, yeah like they're still stars up and down both lineups. I don't think the quality has changed, but it's just the the star power, the personalities just sure. aren't there the way they were when I was a kid. Marketing problem, man. Yeah. Get on it, Manfred. All right, Score North Twin Show on 1500 is done. Purple Daily with Collar and Myron up next. Glenn Perkins.